UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Are you on, you're in New York. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, okay. Yeah. We have a slight delay. It's like a New York time zone. Gotcha. Okay, this is moving really slow. I don't know why, but I think we're live. Intro. Okay. Hey guys, we're live. Uh, happy Memorial Day, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode. Oh, the intro is playing now. It figures it would do that one. Like, it's just moving really slow. I guess if it's, yeah. Wow, I guess this is technical issues. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Um, happy Memorial Day, as I said, everybody. Um, I have an amazing two guests lined up with me tonight um, for you guys. Um, oh, now the intro plays. Wow, it's really just messing with me today. You're muted, buddy. This software is goofy today. Like, it's, it won't won't let me unmute. There you go. You're perfect. Whoops. Lost you again. You're still muted. Nope. But we have to recognize that there were troops that fell and bled for this country. And that's kind of what Memorial Day is all about. It's, it's all about like recognizing the people that died for our freedom, you know, but um, tonight, again, I have an amazing two guests. The first hour guest is going to be Tim Senor. Is that how you pronounce your name, Tim? Uh, <clears throat> Close, Senor, yeah. Oh, it's Tim Senor, and uh, he, he's going to be discussing an event that took place on July 5th, 2019 at Rockaway Beach, Bainbridge Island, and also his research into the UFO phenomena. Um, he, where he witnessed the Tic attack, he was accompanied by his father, Donald, along with other family members, to witness an event that defies the norm. 
Um, and he talked, he's going to be talking about Tic Tac to UFOs. He, he's given us UFO evidence, which I'm going to share here in a second. I have it already queued up to share with you guys. It's going to be pretty amazing. And just a little bit more about my guest. Tim has a background in psychology, and he's a writer with the pen name David Powers. And he's also a father of five. So I really appreciate him taking his time out to join us today on, on the holiday and and do this. It's going to be really fun. So, uh, Tim, first, first off, thank you for joining us. How, how are you? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for the invitation and happy Memorial Day. And thanks to all of our veterans and service members that are out there fighting for our country. Thank you so much for your service. I, I, I totally agree. Um, no, so um, what, what, let me ask you this. How did your interest in the phenomenon start which led you i mean like was it when you saw your tic tac sighting or did you were you already into the phenomena before that and then that kind of triggered it for you or so um i had no background in ufo or the phenomenon in any way shape or form before my family sighting in 2019 i i run a production company that shoots local and national commercials. We were doing documentaries and movies, but this topic had never been something I'd covered or written about before 2019. And and then what, and then something, a big event happened in 2019, which we're gonna show pictures of, but um, what, what, how did that take place and what, what happened? Yeah, so that event um, took my family by surprise. There was no family member that had any previous experience like this with phenomenon or ghosts or anything that goes bump in the night. Um, I was raised by scientists and PhDs and surrounded by military members. So my summers in upstate New York were spent looking through a telescope at the stars and looking for meteors and everything that I ever saw, we were able to explain. So what happened in 2019 happened in front of nine family members and they were all skeptical of what they were looking at. No one was saying anything definitive about what they were really seeing. It was definitely some guesswork and some of it was pretty obvious, but um, this was UFO is really not a, a term in our vernacular before this experience. And then uh, what would it, it to kind of took you guys by surprise, right? Like it, uh, it, it to say the least. It did. And you're going to hear some footsteps going in the stairs above me there. I apologize. Like uh, like some of your viewers may or may not know, my office is under the stairs in my house, and so what all do you my do? little ones. Is, what do you, what do you, you're, you're a pet, you're an author, but what kind of books do you write? Well, I write screenplays, um, typically, but I am writing a book right now. Um, so it's my first foray into authoring a book, uh, and it's going to be on this topic. So that's going to be fun. But um, typically, I'm editing and producing videos. I do a lot of my own editing. Uh, I'm doing a show for PBS right now, 
but um, I'm just a director and an interviewer for that. <clears throat> so this space is used for podcasting typically and storage of a lot of my gear that I use for investigations and things like that. But um, so my company's name is Perfect Blue Productions and that's my film company. And then about a year ago, uh, I started a new company called UAPRG, which is just a group of like-minded people that filter in and out of the group, depending on where we go to research. Uh, but they're usually somebody that's uh, got a deep interest or a degree or science background in something that we can dedicate towards a location or something along the lines of our research investing into UAP. And so UAPRG is just UAP research group. And and we have a video we were going to show in a little bit that you took that was in between Skinwalker Ranch and Blind Frog Ranch. Do you want to explain that first? And like, because you've, you've been doing some heavy duty investigating, like it sounds like. Yeah. So when this company started, when UAPRG got together, we initiated a our initial investigation, we named it Project Starlight, which was our first foray into the field of investigation. So I basically, for that, bought a, an RV and tore everything out of it and installed gear and monitors, tore the bed out of the back and made it a place where I could live stream from and also do analysis on some of the samples that we'd get as far as uh, soil samples. So we'd have a microscope and a pulverizer ideally and things like that. So we could look at the ground at some of these hot spots as well as telescopes and night vision looking out into the stars. So the idea was to have this mobile RV unit that we could take all around the country and research hot spots and gather evidence. And um, we started to find what kind of gear Skinwalker Ranch was using and duplicating that. If a camera was used in the Ukraine to capture something, we wanted to find out what the camera was and duplicate it and uh, bring it into our foray of tools that we would use to look into the skies. So um, the results are usually peer reviewed. Um, so for example, if I have FLIR footage, it gets sent to FLIR to review and then sent to uh, UFO experts that are also in the field. Um, and if it makes it past that group, I would make it public. Uh, for example, I'm gonna show you something tonight that has mixed reviews and I'll share those because I by no means wanna say that anything that I'm sharing with you is the phenomenon, I don't know, right? I'm not sharing UFO evidence necessarily, I'm showing the evidence that I collected in my experiences I don't lay claim to them being anything phenomenal. I don't know what they are, but I, I love input. So <clears throat> that's the whole reason that we make it public is to get a response, maybe insight, because ultimately if it's something secret, a, U a, a USA, US uh, government program of some of the sort, I'm the last guy that wants to put that out publicly with multiple sources you know, not just radar, but I would be able to show high definition photos. I'm not going to be doing that. So I make sure that what I'm showing is questionable, not necessarily UFO, but not ours. Yeah, because like no one can say that they're aliens. It's not like they came out of the craft and said hi to you. You know what I mean? We right. have no clue what it is. 
And then I bet, but I think that's like one of the things that like keeps us in this phenomena. It, it, it keeps our attention. It's like, what are we seeing? What is this thing that's interacting with us? I mean, from, from the weird experiences that people have from creatures coming into their bedroom at night to people like yourself who are photographer photographing and videoing anomalous objects the phenomena is there and then even into the paranormal as well where you know we we have i'm going to be talking later to arla about cryptids tonight that's the second half of the show you know that that's that's very big too and bigfoot you know it's like the phenomena is very much real and it, it very much exists it's just like what are we dealing with? That's that's the whole question. And I have no clue. I, I I'm a, I'm the same as you. I don't like to say that I do know because if I felt like if I said I I did know, then I I, I don't I don't I think there has to always be room for interpretation and there has to be room for skepticism, but also open mindedness, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're looking just for some confirmation of some sort, you know that it exists exactly like what you're saying. And that's kind of what I'm out there looking for with my team is just some kind of confirmation that there's something else going on. Now, we may get disclosure from the mass media or the government at some point, but that may not prove it to each and every individual. So I'm kind of that person that even if the president came out and told me that, you know, this was real, I would still be that guy that would need the evidence in his hand. I'm sharing my screen because I'm going to start showing gotcha. your photos here. It should, yeah. the, the photos should be coming up right now. Well, it's, uh, excellent. There we go. There, Great. Can you can you see them on the screen? Can everybody see them? Yeah, that should be um, clear. If for I everyone. toggle back and forth, it's going to going to switch off. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it was showing. So yeah. Okay. So do you want to kind of explain this sure. first photo and then I go into the next ones? This is amazing stuff, by the way. Absolutely. And so this was in 2019, uh, July 5th, around two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, my family was on Bainbridge Island in Washington State. And this is a photograph from Rockaway Beach where we were looking directly across the west end of Seattle there, across the Puget Sound there. And so um, kind of high cloud, but pretty, pretty clear, good visibility. Um, and so my whole family of, let's see, there was eight family members down at the beach that day, ranging from my mom and dad, my sister and her husband, and then four offspring <laughs> of my sisters and mine. And they all ranged in ages from about 16 down to six. Um, so I drove my truck down to meet my family just so I could bring some of the people that didn't want to walk home up in the truck. And I went down to Rockaway, parked my truck, walked along the edge towards my parents that were sitting on a park bench there looking across at this view, basically. And as I approached my mom, she pointed up in the sky over my right shoulder and said, did you hear that? And I kind of looked at her puzzlingly and said, no, I haven't heard anything. And I looked in the direction that she was looking and as I looked up in the sky, um, my sister's son pointed up in the sky at the same location and yelled, oh, look, a saucer. And right above us was a big gray football-shaped object just sitting above fairly close to us at the time. 
And we were all just like, whoa. And we were looking at it. And I realized I didn't have my phone. So I ran back to my truck to go and get my cell phone and grabbed it 50 yards there, probably 50 yards back, made it in record time, like shot right back to the same location, looked up in the sky and that object was no longer there. Um, so I, I took a photograph kind of of the clouds where it had been and then noticed the object had moved further towards Seattle and off in the distance there it was. And so I lifted my phone and started taking photographs um, uh, and this is the first photograph that really came through now. Again, some people have said this looks like a bird or a seagull or something like that. Now, I don't know if what I'm photographing here is a bird, a seagull, or the object, because honestly, it was moving in a strange way that I'll explain. But what I was actually doing was photographing the clouds that I would see, see it near because of the way this thing would kind of disappear and reappear not so much fly right no i think i, I, I really captured do. the craft here um but you know even though mufon says that this is the craft and this is a you know an anomalous uh situation going on i don't like throwing away debunkers things when they're like this looks like a bird and then they show me something that looks like a bird just like that i'm like well you could be you know that could be right i don't like naysaying when you bring me evidence so i'm open to everything so anyways if you go to photograph two um okay, that and guys just depict. bear with me my uh, sure. computer oh, it went back i was gonna say sometimes my computer is slow so and especially so when i run stream or sorry you can see in the original photograph up there kind of lingering just below the clouds this object and then i basically took three frames and uh, cropped it in one to enhance where the object is. And the second I zoom in and in the bottom box, I did some color enhancement to get some of the image to pop. And that's why you're going to see those white boxes there. That's my work. Um, and so I just wanted to enhance the photographs the best I could. Now, again, the way this object would move and which makes me feel that I'm photographing the object, not a bird, is that it wouldn't so much as fly across the sky as disappear and then reappear. But almost at the same time, like as I would see it here, somebody would be seeing it somewhere else in my family. And um, it was just kind of how that object was moving. And so this photograph is actually where I noticed that there was a little sparkle that was taking place around the object. So this little sparkle would be at one o'clock and then six o'clock and then three o'clock, literally a little sparkle that was dancing around this object. And it kind of made it stand out across this gray sky. It made it pop out and like your eye would catch that sparkle. And so um, later on in the photographs, I would come to find that that sparkle was actually a little white cigar. Um, that was in coordination with this object, whatever that is. And so we can move Should on. Should I to go frame. to the next one? But before sure. we go to the next photo, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I, it looks like there's like some kind of like um, thrusters on this, not not man-made, but like, do you see like the two holes or, or like whatever that is? That looks like some kind of like energy source. If that, you know, like I don't know much yeah. about propulsion, but I would guess that that's some kind of like. I don't know. I'd love to hear what the people in the chat have to say, but I can't see the chat right now because I'm 
I'm on the photos. And if I go back to the chat, then it'll go off the screen. But well, we can go back to that. We can get people's opinions. So guys, if you want in the chat, write what you think is this is. But I think it's a I think it's a UFO. I mean, like what, what I give you credit for, Tim, is like um, a lot of times people don't have the um, the uh, the no, they don't grab their phone, right? Like they, a paranormal event happens and they, they don't think about grabbing their phone. That's the last thing on their mind. So I give you credit yeah. that you actually were able to grab your phone and, and, and kind of get this thing. That's amazing. It comes from years of film school training, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I, I did spend a little time at Channel 2 in Oakland. And so it it's in my instinct now to capture something before I even interpret it. I don't know. But anyways, that's for anyone out there. Grab your phone <laughs> or a camera, yeah. the best thing you have to capture. Um, so, yeah, we can move on to number three at this point. Um, okay, and so a lot three. of these photographs, again, I'm going to remind you, I was photographing the cloud that I would see this thing near because by the time I would snap that photo, it was no longer in the frame of my camera. Um, and this definitely is the object... Uh, again, very clearly, and it's really hard to see, so I didn't enhance it, but you can see the little white tic-tac, which I'm calling it now, the little white cigar tic-tac, um, which I eventually learned to call it when uh, the tic-tac became public. Uh, anyways, uh, you can kind of see it in this one, but this is definitely a, a great capture of that object as we had seen it moving across the sky. It literally would disappear and then reappear um, somewhere else in the sky. Um, in fact, if you go to slide four, I believe that this is probably going to be a slide that will finally get a, a view of the Tic Tac around the craft. And I'm using I'm these words craft and Tic Tac. Sorry, sorry to talk over you. It went right to it went right to five. Let me go back to four. Well, let me. Cool. Hopefully it works good. Oh, there we go. Four doesn't. I can't see anything Perfect. in four. Am I exactly. No, no, that's exactly right. There's nothing in four. I use software to search high and low for birds, anything. There's nothing in this frame, which is massively important, in my opinion, because in the next frame, both the tic tac and this craft are observable um and again so wait, to your so audience let me sure oh sorry go ahead i was just going to say that i'm using tic tac and craft in this dialogue because it's descriptive i'm not saying that this is a tic tac or a craft i don't know what this is it just helps me to explain the story but yeah please I, I, go ahead with you. I, I like that i like the fact that you're inquisitive about it again i think that's very important because like if you would come on here and say oh i know exactly what this is and it has to be this and you know i i, I those people i i don't want to talk to those people to be honest because like I, I think we all need to have some room for interpretation. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people are right about a lot of theories, and I'm not counting anybody's out. I'm not being like that. I just think we all need to be inquisitive, skeptical, and open-minded. You know, and I Absolutely. think that's the best way to be when, when, we're, when we're talking about this phenomenon. Thus, thus the name of your podcast, which is a great title for a podcast. And it was the whole reason that I was like, I can definitely go on there comfortably. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. That makes me feel good. Right on, bud. 
so pleased with your question that you had, and then we can move on. I'm more than happy. Oh, I was going to say, so there's two different, so you were seeing two different crafts. You saw a cigar craft and a Tic Tac. Is that what you're saying? Well, I realized that when I reviewed the photos with my family at the time, my eye didn't know that I was seeing a white cigar. It looked like a sparkle, like a bright white, shiny sparkle, like almost like a sparkler. Um, in the but like I said, it would be moving from one o'clock to three o'clock, then like it would be at 12 and then it'd be over at nine and then it'd be at three o'clock. Like it was constantly somewhere different every single time you would see the craft. It was like almost as if it was buzzing around it. Sometimes it would leave it and it would be trailing it, and you'd see this little white sparkle off in the sky behind it, and then you'd see it right next to it again. In, it was incredible to see with your naked eye and the photographs show it sometimes. Um, but the fact that it shows up ever blows my mind because um, it, it just, it was so hard to discern with your naked eye, what you were seeing. And the fact that the, the photos actually do a really good job of, um, depicting what took place so here in number five we actually see in the enhancement the tic-tac trailing the craft and this appears to be like kind of at a moment where it's moving and it's super hard to see with the naked eye now could it be a blur could i have enhanced something that wasn't there my software says no this isn't a cloud so i believe this isn't part of the background. I think what I've enhanced in five is actually the object sort of in between its motion with the tic tac sort of trailing, if you will. That's awesome. Let me ask you this: What was your family's? Uh, what was you? What was your family do? I mean, because it sounds like yeah. you don't come from a family of like. It's not like you guys would go to UFO conferences every year, right? Like you, none of you knew about UFOs really. Like so, like right. you know, what was your family's reaction to this situation? And like, how did they were they, just like look at they, that? They were like, look at that. Um, I'm sure that my sister and her husband, being Army and Navy, were thinking we're seeing an exercise of some sort and trying to wrap their heads around that. But why it would be there and the sequence of events that eventually take place would have made it very obvious to them that it wasn't, but they were probably trying to diagnose it. Some of the explanations that came out of their mouth around the dinner table after lead me to believe that. They were trying to rationalize it with something that was ours. Um, the rest of us were just following it the best we could with our eyes in the sky. Actually, right after this photograph, my father chimed in and said, oh, look, look down there was exactly what he said. He was looking down further west um, of Western Seattle, down the Puget Sound. In this photograph, it would be further right. Um, and if you go to number six, it, it'll depict what he was looking at, which, um, Oh my God. That's yeah. insane. What is that? Right. And so what happened was the craft itself was no longer visible. And that little white sparkle stopped in the sky and to the naked eye, you could see what looked like a line of bright white light coming out of it. It just seemed like it was just starting to come out of one angle of it. And that little white line opened up into a bright white square of white, bright white light, which when we looked at it, 
and you looked at it with your naked eye, you could realize was a cube. It was a perfect cube of white light in the sky. Was this like almost like, would you think this is like an orb or is this a Tic Tac? Dude, none of us were saying or thinking anything. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. My mind was just blank. I had to actually remind myself to take photos at this point. Um, So from the moment it stops to the end of this sequence, this from right now to the end of this white box being open is a minute and a half and it doesn't move doesn't move for a minute and a half and what happens is that box is open for a minute and a half and something like it goes dark for a second in the next photo you can see it and i didn't see it with my naked eye but we think that something either entered or exited through that and you may be able to see that in the next photo number seven Oh wow! Oh my God! It looks like a little bullet, like a like a like a like a not a not a man-made bullet, like a like some kind of like drone. I'm not not I don't I'm not, when I say that, I want people to get the wrong impression. I don't want to speculate. Like like I'm talking like a alien drone or something like like something not from this world. It seems like I, I don't so know. Bizarre. I have no clue. Yeah. I don't want people to think that I know because I no, don't no. know. I mean, alien drone that opens up a white bright box of light. Sure. I mean, yeah, <laughs> or what? I I don't know. It could be absolutely anything. You're so right. The fact is, in this photo, we see that box of light dim for a second, and in my final photo, there's more objects than what we started with. So hypothetically, something came through there. Maybe that saucer craft that I saw went in, and the other came out. I don't know, but. There was definitely a few times that that light dimmed during that time that it was open. And then um, the next slide, number eight, this I had to remind myself to take this photo. It's wide open, and there's something very obviously odd about it going on. Oh, my right God, there. that looks like a portal. That looks like a portal if I ever saw one. Like that, I, mean, I don't know the, yeah. the fans are that. Like, that looks like a portal opening now, to... You know, when MUFON reviewed this, a big portion of why they came back with this being the, one of the 5% anomalous true UAP was the fact that this box of light didn't move for so long. And it, there was a wind, a little bit of wind. It should have moved. If it was a plane, it should have moved. If it was a banner, it should have. There's no reason for it to stay stable like that. Um, and have what took place, something, you know, kind of going on with it um you can't even see the tic tac at this point it's just it's there you can kind of see it but it's it's in a weird phase i don't know how to explain it's it. up above it right it's up above it is it to it's the still right. you can see it up to the right it's tiny and it's there um and so now if we go to slide number nine the way that box opened it absolutely unra- it unraveled it back in the same way. So that 3D box of light collapsed in on itself and was sucked up into that little white line. And then that little white line just drew right back up into the white cigar. And this is actually the moment that it, it, it took place quickly, but I managed to capture it. And then in slide number 10, 
I didn't manage to capture them all together flying off, but this object, I believe, was a pyramid-shaped object. I could see it with my naked eye, and I had to use enhancement to bring it out in the photo, but it was one of the craft that shot off the same way, disappearing, reappearing, but rapidly south, and that was the end. That's the final photo. But I just wanted to highlight that there was a different shape on the, the objects after that portal closed. So, so there's a potential that you might have seen three different objects here, maybe a triangle craft, a cigar-shaped craft, and a tic-tac. Is that a I think it was a pyramid. A yeah, I think it was a pyramid, not a triangle, because they it spun. We could see it spinning off. There was, like, some movement. I could see more than one point. It definitely had more than three points i believe it was a pyramid not a triangle but um yeah i do think potentially there were more objects than initially thought yeah that's amazing um all right i'm gonna stop sharing this we'll get to the video in a second let me see sure. here uh let me see if i can remove this and then so but, but while i'm removing this and adding the video um do you want to just say did this kind of like spur everything for you did this like spark the interest and like this this incident this had to have changed your life right or or what what kind of what kind in your consciousness changed after this event like what what kind of is that kind of what set you off on going to places like skinwalker ranch and blind fog ranch and stuff like that definitely yeah um i'd never seen anything like that <clears throat> that wasn't something in my reality um after this took place the family just kind of didn't say anything about it they were just like that was wild that was amazing and then they walked back up and we collected at the vehicle i actually took two really random photos one of a bush one of the hub of my truck uh wheel which there was no reason for me to do that. Just, I was definitely not fully there. I don't remember driving home. I know we went home um, from right directly from there, which is a short, like two minute drive. But um, we didn't talk about it again until I was like, hey dad, sh do you want me to send those to your iPad and we can take a look at them? And then the whole family gathered around and that's when we talked about it again. And the two family members that hadn't been there, they were like, what? What happened? Like nobody had told the other two family members that hadn't been. It wasn't that big like a deal to any of us at the time, not even really me. Um, until that night, I think I had just a really bizarre dream that I'd never had before. And um, this is just the weird part, right? Um, like... I try not to talk about that light too deeply because there's a portion of that that just gets me really upset, I guess, because that dream that night, I ended up going to the same place every night. Like I have a portion of that every night as a lingering experience and started to realize that maybe other family members that were there on the beach that day, we're also having that experience. And I think when people talked about it after, I could sense that they didn't want to talk about it, really. And so over the next year, I did independent interviews gently with them. Um, but it, it just showed that 
we were all kind of having this dream that was similar. It, you know, for some of us, I think it's more regular than others, but the, the location of the dream, the description is the same, which is bizarre. So we're all going to the same place in this dream and it's, there's no one else around. It's just very bizarre. And so, it, you know, I guess there's, there's that, that lingered. Um, that motivated me to be like, is that just part of, you know, my psychology background kicked right in. And I'm like, you know, this must be something impactful from the experience. But my little ones had never heard UFO. They never heard any of this bizarre stuff before. The family, even when we were reviewing the photos, never said UFO. We were like holographic imaging, um, testing from DARPA you know, some potential stuff, you know, like, sure, but why would it be over the busiest part of Washington? Well, was it a test on civilians? Or, you know, were we exposed to something that we shouldn't? Were there any other reports? Real motivation to come forward and find out by filing a report confidentially if it was something of ours. So obviously MUFON did their due diligence and found that there was nothing going on and definitely wasn't a plane. There was nothing that they could explain it with. So that's when I reported it to two more agencies that also came back with the same information that this wasn't ours. It wasn't military. So I brought that information back to my family. I'm like, what do you do with that? How do you compartmentalize that and move forward? And my dad's advice at the time was, if you know it's not ours, then you should probably talk about it. And so that's what I did. And it just kind of blew up. I started just putting it in chat, you know, of UFO shows because I wasn't sure if I was going to remain anonymous. Initially, I went on Martin Willis's show and I considered using my pen name, you know, David Powers, which I was adopted. And that was my initial name that I was born with. And so I use it as my pen name. When I was adopted, I became Timothy Senor. But um, I decided to come out with both names. You know, this is something that I'm willing to own because I don't know what it was. My family members may not be so willing, only because they've all compartmentalized it, I think, by this point. You know, um, but, you know, I, I'm keeping it going just because it's important. But what I feel is really important is what it ignited in me, which was to find out what portion of this is real and on what level it needs to be uh, detailed to the public. Um, and if there's anything that I can find evidentiary that is of value, that I can contribute. Um, and so I just dig data out of it as much as I can get it peer reviewed. And if there's anything of value, share it. And so far, um, it's really elusive. I think I've captured it many times, but do I feel any of it is something that I can prove? Unfortunately, there's very little I can prove. All I can do is show you, you know, my evidence. So, and there's Tom King who is doing great yeah. work. That, that uh, comment, I wanted to show that comment. I thought that was really nice. Indeed. Um, and Tom is actually a UAPRG team member. And so he's doing a lot of work in testing, R&D, uh, producing of his own material. He's got eyes on the skies with uh, UFO DAP 24-7. Um, and he initializes a lot of our technical tools into his repertoire and 
he's going to be part of our team moving forward. Absolutely. We have about 10 team members right now. Uh, and so um, unless they make themselves public, I don't usually announce my team list. And it, it's an ever-revolving list as well. Right on, T. Yeah. Um, the, the, and then uh, what I wanted to follow up with was you um, You went to Blind Flog Ranch. You, you went to Blind Flog and Skin Rocker Ranch. Like, what were you looking for there before we show this video? And I'll queue up the video. But, like, kind of tell us, like, what kind of were you um, hoping for? Or what did you find anything there? Or, like, what kind of happened at there at, at Blind Frog? <laughs> Yeah, so we spent our summer researching out in the Uinta Basin. We didn't get onto Skinwalker Ranch, in particular the property itself, but we were on neighboring properties and we were on Blind Frog Ranch all over that property. And we actually camped right uh, and made our home base right on the edge of Blind Frog. Uh, so it was mostly the experience in the Uinta Basin. We did have a ranch that we had of our own. So um, we experienced quite a lot of the phenomenon on the ranch that we had in particular, simply because we had the most time to do investigations. Um, the video that you're showing right now is from that ranch in particular. And so this was shot horizontally. You're showing it perpendicularly. That's fine. If yeah, everyone wants to kind of cock their head <laughs> well, to the right there. The yeah. And so... Um, one night during an investigation, we were using our FLIR camera to get a kind of base for the skies that night. Usually they're cloudy or will, it'll be clear, just black. Uh, if you want to run this video, this camera will dip to the left or right, just showing you what normal clouds should look like. But this was taken in controlled airspace um, where we had actually looked at our ADB for... Um, any kind of air flight that could have been in the area. So what we're looking here is a FLIR video of the skies directly above our ranch. And if you're able to play this, you're actually able to see that these are two X's that it, actually have a beginning and end well, to them. Yeah, and there's a beginning to end to them. So it's not like a contrail that we're looking at here. Um, they're actually just very clear. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's I'm no problem. It gives me a chance to describe like, and explain like it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't like video. It's, it's, and so this was yeah, basically two X's directly above our ranch, and they didn't go on further off the property. They were just directly above us. And um, it's not like anything I'd ever seen before. I've filmed contrails from planes. They dissipate typically. This lingered over the ranch for almost 35 minutes, solidly, without dissipation. It looked just like this in the same area. Um, and during this exact time, we experienced a power loss. Our power went down. We had to call the owner of the ranch. Um, and um, there was an issue at the power station that affected us and one other ranch. So there you can see it's ending. It doesn't trail off into the distance. This has been sent to FLIR, and they said if it isn't contrail, we don't know what it is. This was sent to um, Dave Mason, who is an optics and engineer expert, and he believes this is contrail, which is absolutely 100% okay. Um, 
So again, the only reason that I'm showing you is because it didn't record anything in the air with our ADB system anal analysis, meaning that we have a view of what the air traffic control should be for anything that has a beacon. And there was no air traffic before or after directly over in this area. Um, it is also considered a controlled airspace due to filming at Skinwalker Ranch. Um, there were a few other pieces of information that led me to believe this was extraordinary, not normal. Um, now, again, my peer group is split. You know, half of them are excited over this and half are considering this mundane. So um, I, I lined it up with some other events that took place, the power outage at the ranch. And then we had some other strange things happen at the ranch that other team members can tell you about. Um, but a little more into the paranormal that is above my pay grade, let's just say. But um, can you can you at least I, talk about? It? I'd love to hear about it. Like what happened? I mean, like um, sure. During so hear, we like, were what, what? Yeah, we were live streaming a show for Spaced Out Radio at the time that this took place, and the host on my end um, didn't know what was going on with me and my research outside. I was just doing my business as usual. But after I captured this, I walked into the ranch where she was hosting and held up the FLIR footage. And I was like, what is this? You know, like, what is it while she's talking? And she was distracted. She looked at that and I flipped through it and went to the camera and I just started filming her while she was on camera. And while I was filming, it appeared that there was, <laughs> it it looked like there was an, uh, like an alien ET looking thing looking around the corner, but it's FLIR footage, so that is iffy, right? Um, it it can you can get pareidolia, pareidolia very easily with FLIR footage. So here's the thing: we had this. The two of us reviewed it. A third team member came over and saw it and said, "Send it to my phone." When I went to go and send it to their phone, it was no longer on my FLIR folder and it was no longer on my device so i don't have an explanation for why i don't have that FLIR footage anymore it's one of those things and that's why i don't talk about it because i don't have the evidence but it was one of those phenomenal experiences the whole team went through and uh, it took place during the same time as this event in the sky and it becomes the the moment where you're like, okay, there's there's more to this, and I don't have enough gear with me. Like like I'm gonna need a bigger boat. You know the famous line from Jaws. Jaws, yeah. And so, I realized I needed a bigger boat, and so I literally have gone back to the drawing board, and we've redesigned our gear. We have brand new technology we're gonna be using this summer. Um, I won't miss moments like that, and I should actually get alerts to them before they happen so I can prepare. So little things, um, you know, I've got a team of geniuses working behind me, and I'm just sitting on their shoulders filming, literally. And, and I'm so proud to be there right now. I'm new to this, um, and so I'm letting the masters guide me. I'm getting great advice along the way. I take a lot of advice from the people that know Um and it's fun. To me, it's fun 
but I'm also extremely motivated to figure out what's going on with my family and their dreams and that connection that was made that day. That's my number one motivation because um, it's frustrating to not um, feel in control, right? Or have a part of your life that you don't fully understand. So that's that. Do you feel like it was meant to be like a for like a consciousness expansion? Do you feel like maybe they're they're starting to show themselves to more people? Because like if you follow the phenomena, you you know that like you're not alone. You know, I mean like there are many people. I mean, people don't have evidence like you have, but more and more people are being contacted, more and more people are seeing UFOs, more reports are being filed to move on. It seems like I don't know if we're ramping up for disclosure, but I would say something is definitely happening. I, I mean, I, I don't have my, I mean, I, I interview a lot of people. So this, this is what I feel. I really feel like something is happening. And I also feel like there's an awakening happening within our co collective consciousness. I feel like more people are like waking up to this stuff, more people are becoming aware. And I think it's a big thing because then people realize that maybe we're not alone. You know, and that's a big thing for humans because it, 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 there's religion involved in that. There's politics, you know, like it, it's it goes really deep. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on what I just said? I push back so hard. I really do because I am that nuts and bolts guy. I am totally understanding that there's a consciousness element and that scares me, honestly. And so, you know, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready. A lot of us aren't. Maybe we're ready for the nuts and bolts and maybe the disclosure can be softening us up that way. Cause for me, it was easier. The nuts and bolts are easier to tolerate. So, you know, I'm aware of the consciousness portion. I'm experiencing potentially the consciousness portion, but I'm pushing back as hard as I can. Disclosure feels around the corner, but again, I'm new to this. So for the people that have been waiting for this and fighting and pushing and working in this field for 30 plus years or more, um, those are the people that probably have a better gauge of how close we are to disclosure because a lot of them have probably seen this a million times where it feels like it's right around the corner and everybody's on the edge of their seat for something and then we get nothing. I think NASA is setting us up for that. I've heard recently there's going to be pre-disclosure and a post-disclosure NASA. Like that's just a, that's a weird concept to me. You know, that at some point there'll be this big announcement that, hey, you know, non-human intelligence exists on this planet and we've known and we have their gear and we've hung out with them <laughs> and dialogued. Like that would be a big moment, I think, that's disclosure. But um, everyone's going to be divided on that. And still some of us, including myself, will need more evidence. And so that's what I'm out there looking for. That's what I need for me to say that this is real. Um, but I, I appreciate people that feel like it's coming. I understand that, you know, me being new to this in 2019, I feel like there's immense uh, groundswell on this topic, politically and socially. It's covered everywhere. It's in the headlines of the news. Who knows what we're going to break this week? It's incredible. And the whistleblowers and all of the, that reality is incredible. And a whistleblower is evidence, in my opinion. Um, so when these people come out, that's evidence. They're not going to risk their livelihood and their social stature, status, to talk about UFOs unless it's real. 
I, I agree. I agree. Well, um, that, our second guest just got here. Arla's here. She's uh, she's waiting on the bottom of the screen. So I was going to say, is there anything else you want to share before we finish up with your segment for the night? And I just want to thank you so much. This was amazing information. Like I, I, I thank you for taking time away from your family on Memorial Day to share these this information with us. I really appreciate it. I saw you on Space Dot Radio. Big shout out to Dave Scott. I love that show. And uh, yeah, and and you were amazing on there. And I saw you on Martin Willis's show. I follow all those shows. I follow all the UFO shows. So I, you know, I I, I think you, you knocked it out of the park when you went on every show. So I just I love what you're doing, man. And uh, any anything you want to share, you have the floor. Thank you so much for having me, and I will definitely be back whenever you guys want me. Thanks a lot for the invitation. It's been fun. Happy Memorial Day, everyone, and thanks, friends and fans. Yeah, and do you want to tell everybody where they can find you or your books or anything like that? No, just oh, okay, wait. okay, all right. <laughs> I'm not Thanks, a real promoter, man. but have fun, yeah, everyone. Okay, okay. Keep watching. Well, this is fun. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're you're an awesome guy. Thank you. Right, right have on, a good buddy. night. All right. Okay, let me try to add remove him from the stream, and now I'm going to add Arla. So now we have our second guest, ladies and gentlemen, for the night. We have with us Arla Colette. Um, if if StreamYard shows her, hi Arla, nice to see you. Hi, hi. Happy Memorial Boy, that, Day. It's good. That last show was good. I really enjoyed that. Oh, were you watching? Yes, I was. Oh, that's that's cool. That's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, did you have a did you have a nice Memorial Day? Yeah, it's pretty quiet, but it, it was good. Yeah. Well, um, let me read your bio for the audience. Um, now, guys, uh, if you're just tuning into the show, this is a it, it was going to be two hours, but it might not go a full two hours. We might go an hour and a half. But I wanted to do this for you guys today on Memorial Day to make something really special for you guys, um, for people who, you know, like you might have spent all day with your family. But now you want to relax and watch some UFO and Bigfoot stuff. Well, that's what I'm here for. And I had Tim on showing his UFO evidence. And my next guest is Arla Colette. Um, and Arla was born and she grew up and still resides in Southeast Oklahoma. At the age of six, she was playing outside her home when she heard a noise and looked up to find a juvenile male Bigfoot or Sasquatch playing the dirt. She ran into her Cherokee grandmother and told her what she had seen, whereupon her wise grandmother on Arla's asking, what was it, grandmother, answered, what do you think it was? The simple act of allowing a child to think out of it for herself having to explain her ignited a love and passion for these intelligent beings that is still alive within her today. And uh, yeah, and that kind of explains it. And uh, I just want to welcome her to the show. And again, and uh, yeah, thank you, Arla. Um, how, how is everything going? It's good. <laughs> it's good. So, um, so did you want to talk about this? Like when, have you been experiencing these creatures your whole life? And like, do you want to give us the, the like the, the background on all that? Sure. Um, yes, uh, my first encounter that I remember as an encounter, uh, was at age six. I was at my grandmother's, I was sitting, playing in the dirt, and I heard somebody walk up, and I thought it was my grandmother, but when I looked up, it was a young male, uh, Bigfoot, and, or, Sasquatch or, you know, whatever, different people call them different things. Um, I usually call them Bigfoot people. In my book, I called them the hairy people. And 
whatever I call them, I call them that uh, in a respectful way. But I, we stood there, or I was sitting on the dirt, and he was standing there, probably 10 foot or so from me. And we just stared at each other for a little while. And, uh, you know, I try to think, what in the world was I thinking, you know, when I was looking at him? You know, I know that's a hairy kid or, you know, something like that, because I didn't have a reference at that point for what this was I was seeing. And so he, after a little while, turned around and just walked off. And I jumped up, I went in and told my grandmother what I'd seen. And I said, what was that, Granny? And that's when she said, what do you think it was? And for the most part, that's how I was taught about most things. I was allowed to think about things myself. Um, she never did try to influence me into what to think. Uh, she let me uh, come to some kind of an idea myself. And uh, then she began uh, to teach me about them uh, from what she knew about them. And do you think that was because she's part Cherokee? Did you think they, no, they knew? No, they knew that, <laughs> Being a Native American has nothing to do with your chances of this hap happening. What happens is a respectful attitude is one of the things that helps uh, with an encounter. Um, the one thing that Native people have done for us is to keep the stories. Because yeah. we now have those stories of... Uh, and even within tribes, you're going to have different ideas about what they are. And, uh, you know, some believe that they're a flesh and blood brother. Some, you know, believe they're a spiritual beings. Some believe they're something of an animal. So, you know, you can't even say that all Native American people believe the same thing about them. I wasn't taught in a traditional way about them. I was taught by my grandmother with her interaction with them, her personal interaction. She grew up in the Boston Mountains in Arkansas, and she loved the woods like I do. And she was off in those woods every chance she got. And I've been the same way all my life. And, and and yeah, and 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 this it's not just stories of dog, Bigfoot that you have. You you know about Dogman as well, right? Like you have you had encounters with Dogman, or or, oh, yes. or have you just heard no. stories about them? No, I've had my own encounters. Uh, there are actually uh, Dogman here where I live in Oklahoma, and I actually have a photo of uh, a little Dogman girl. Um, I was in Kentucky for several months and I was in the Daniel Boone forest and different places many times. Um, 
I've had many experiences with them. I've never had a bad experience with them, but their energy is what I call gut energy. And it's that uh, fight or flight energy. It hits you um, in the gut when in that solar plexus area when they're around. Uh, their energy is very different from uh, the Bigfoot energy. And so, you know, you've got this being that is there that uh, for, I guess, centuries maybe, there's always been scary tales about an upright walking wolf or you know, all of those things. And so you get the, a lot of this scary uh, tales about them. Now, their energy for someone who is not used to it is, is pretty tough on some people. Um, but it um, it's just the energy that they carry. Uh, I don't have a problem uh, when they're around to ask them to take it down. And I actually have asked them to take down their energy as far as how strong it is. I know I was talking to a friend in Washington State, and they had a dogman encounter uh, this weekend when they were out there and it was totally unexpected uh, by them. And they didn't know that one was in the area, but they started feeling these feelings of fear and just all kinds of things. And um, one of the girls just started taking photos randomly and they actually got a picture. And so then they knew uh, that this energy, these fears and all of these things that were coming up uh, was something related to the dogmen. I call them, they're the masters of fear. They help us to get in contact with the fears. And that was one of the things that this girl had told me about her encounter. All of the people that were there were having different thoughts of fear or something in their life that they've held a fear about come up during well, this time. Can I ask you a question? What, where do you think this fear uh, stems from? Do you think this is something protective on there? On there? Do you think this is something that they've developed? Is it... And then, and then to follow up with that, do you think, I mean, does this stem from them being a supernatural creature? And then is the Bigfoot supernatural as well, in your opinion? Well, the Bigfoot and the Dogman are flesh and blood and more. But then we're flesh and blood and more as well. Yes. And we're finding that out every day. Even science now is jumping on the bandwagon to say, well, this is not what we thought it was. You've got quantum physics and uh, quantum entanglement and all of those things now that are being brought forward. So 
it is not a mechanism of protection for them because they don't need protection from us for sure. Um, it, it is just their energy and it is something that speaks to us um, about our own fears. You know, it can bring up all kinds of thoughts of why you fear something. Why do you fear something that you really don't know anything about? You know, why? Most of the time it's because of something you've seen or heard, or you just totally misunderstand their nature. And I see that a lot with people and Bigfoot, because if you don't understand their nature, then some of the things that they do would be pretty scary. I mean, they're big and they're loud and, you know, they look like us and yet they don't look like us. So, you know, we have to uh, stop and think about that. You know, I, I tell a little story and this is actually something that happened. Um, I, uh, was camping in the Kamishi Mountains here in Oklahoma with a group. And we were all sitting around the fire. And I am prone to walk in the woods at night. I do it a lot. And so I just got up from the fire and uh, started to walk down this little one-lane road. And this young man hollered at me and he said, Miss Arla, can I go with you? And I said, sure, come on. So we walked off down the road. Now, this is somewhere around midnight. It's dark. We're out in the mountains. We did, I didn't think to bring a flashlight, but there's enough light. You can see the dirt road. Um, and the longer you're in the darkness, the better you see, actually. So during the day that day, he had said to me, he didn't really know what they were that he was kind of afraid, even though he grew up in Washington State and knew about them, he wasn't sure what they were. And so he already had a basis of fear. So we're walking down that road. We hear heavy bipedal uh, footsteps coming up from in the woods and it's coming towards us. And so um, we are walking slow. It continues to come on. Uh, it stops and we stop. And it's right there inside the tree line. There's a lot of uh, large cedars and things like that. And so I'm standing there listening. And this young man grabs me by the arm. And he said, are you afraid? And I said, no, I'm not afraid. I said, are you afraid? And he grabbed me with his other hand on, around my arm and he said, yes. And I don't know what it's going to do to me. So I tried to talk to him and it wasn't doing any good. So I said, let's just go back to the fire. So we walked back to the fire. And if you had taken a report of this, you would have his report and my report. The very same thing 
but two different reports. Mine would be got up from the fire, walked off down the road. It was dark. I heard heavy bipedal walking coming up. It stopped back behind some cedars. His would be we were walking. It was dark and we heard this coming and I was afraid and I didn't know what it was going to do to me. And it's the very same incident. But because he already had a basis of fear, he made it something that it really wasn't. And you were talking, well, in the podcast earlier, your perception, you know, of things. Uh, what you believe something is, is definitely going to play a big role in what you think is going on. So his account, he was scared. He really was afraid. I wasn't. I I know their nature. This is very normal for them to do. They've never given me any reason to fear them. And so I, I and I was never taught to fear them. I was taught to be respectful of them. So you know, that that's one of the things that I always tell people if they come to me, they've had an encounter, it didn't go well, they want to try to work through, you know, what happened here. That's where we go with that. You know, what what do you think about them? Are you going on YouTube and watching all these videos or listening to all these people that are saying, um, these guys are going to rip your head off or break into your house or do all of these things. Or are you watching things like me or people who are talking about good encounters? So, you know, what you think about anything, it doesn't make any difference what it is. That is definitely going to bring to you what you think about it. Yeah, you know, you made a good point. I mean, I, I, you know, like if, if people missed the first part of the podcast, I had a UFO expert, uh, Tim Seener on, and he was showing his UFO evidence. But what we talked about was like about belief, like, the, like you know, the, you, in these paranormal UFO, dogman, Bigfoot things, you have to have an open mind because we have no idea what we're dealing with. We can make assumptions and say, oh, it's from this or that. It's flesh and blood. It's supernatural. It's you could say it's from ancient times or, you know, whatever. I mean, we could, there's so many different things we could say, but it's, it's all what matters in the actual encounter. And, and in your case, you're saying you've had positive encounters and let's be honest, positive encounters really don't sell, right? Because no. these fear sell <laughs> for some reason, people, people get revved up off of fear for some reason, like, especially in the paranormal, because like people like, like to be scared. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's well, a big show. Um, called Dogman Encounters. It's a great show. I love it. I used to listen to it all the time where he has people come on and they tell their Dogman Encounter and it's usually something spooky. So I can see why people like that. But then I actually really like your perspective as to, um, you know, like that, that they, these could be a more positive thing. But let me ask you this. Why do you think they've been able to evade humanity or do you think that's something that they've learned over time? They They do it because it's what they choose to do. Um, they're, like I said, they're flesh and blood and more. Uh, there are so many 
people now uh, who are talking about, you know, now you see them and now you don't. I've definitely seen that many times. Um, I even have a photo of one who is um, in the process of what has been deemed cloaking um, to where they were in physical form and then they just some people use the term dematerialize um and so um quantum physics and quantum energetics those are the things that people are looking at now um as to try to um uh, describe or get some idea of how they how they do this um it's a natural thing for them. You know, it's it's a natural thing for some humans to do this as well. Um, I grew up in a little town and there was, uh, there was a man there. He was Creek Indian. Um, he never had a car, always walked uh, to town. He lived out in the country several miles and everyone said he had medicine. Well, I always wanted to talk to him, and my grandmother was like, don't you do that. That's disrespectful to go up to him and ask him questions like that. So I didn't. But one day after school, some friends and I were dragging Maine, and uh, we saw him. He was down at the end of town, and he was getting ready to turn on the road to walk to home, and he had uh, bags of groceries in his arms and i told the kids i said i'm gonna stop and pick him up and give him a ride he's got several miles to walk and they were all like no 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 don't do that he's got medicine and what that means is he understood things and knew the old ways but some were afraid of that so anyway, we can. Wait, can you expand on that further? Like, what do you mean? Like, he knew the old ways. Like, does that mean he's like more psychic or more like intuitive yeah. or like? Yeah, he just he didn't forget how to do things, and that's part of why we have a problem understanding what is said. The Bigfoot and the Dog Man and so many cryptids do, is uh, disappear or change form or do other things like that. Uh, having medicine means you remember. And I am assured that when we remember as a species how to do those things, we will do those things again. So anyway, this man, uh, we passed him and went on out towards his house. Well, that old road, you had to drive down the middle of it because it was so bumpy. And so we drove kind of slow. We did not meet a car, nor did a car pass us. And when we got to his house, he was walking up onto the porch with his two bags of groceries. Now, how did he do that? I don't know what happened. <laughs> He remembered, you know, I've, I've helped support the International Council of 13 Indigenous Grandmothers who are grandmothers from around the world. And I have seen them do some things that 
you know, you would shake your head and say, no, no, you can't do that. But yes, yes, you can. And that is, yeah, and, and going back to the Bigfoot thing, I was going to ask you, like, if you had psychic abilities, because I've heard, I've heard people say that they've had telepathic communication with the Bigfoot, that they know how to speak our language or they know how to talk to us in English telepathically. Is that right? Or do you think that's kind of like lore? Oh, they speak English out loud. They can speak any language they choose to speak. I don't know. I have heard audio after audio through the years. I've been in this a long time. And one that always stood out was a man who was recording. He had been going to this one area and was having uh, some experiences with them. And that evening he was recording and he said something in a uh, specific Cuban dialect to them. And they answered him in that dialect. Wow. Now, how would they know that there wasn't any Cubans around where he was? And especially that spoke that dialect. So, yeah, they know. But, you know, they know us better than we know ourselves. And there are so many elders. I've heard many, many elders uh, talk about why they come to us. Why do they come to us? Well, they come to us to help us remember who we are. And I always tell people when I begin working with them, if they're having encounters and everything, or, or they come and, you know, they'll say, oh, I want to know more about the Bigfoot. This happened, and I want to know more. And, of course, it's easy for me. I just always tell people, put yourselves in the woods. If you want to, look where there's sightings. Be respectful. Open your mind and open your heart. And don't negate what you hear. You don't have to believe everything you hear is a Bigfoot, but at least don't just outright negate it. So it, it is that simple, but I always tell them too, if you really want to know about them, and you can release a lot of your preconceived ideas about things, then you're going to learn more about yourself than you'll learn about them. I got a weird question. Do you think the uh, the, the Bigfoot and Dogman uh, coexist with, I mean, obviously they coexist with one another, but do you think they ever have any interaction with each other? Have you ever have someone who's, who's seen a dog man and Bigfoot together or have a dog man and Bigfoot ever fought? Have you ever heard anything like that? I have never seen evidence of it in my life. I have seen evidence of them coexisting in many places. I backpacked and primitive hiked across the United States and into British Columbia. And I've had many encounters. I've never seen any problems there. Plus, 
here, the little dogman girl that I have a photo of, Weirta, she plays with what I call the Harry Kids. And that is the group of uh, Bigfoot kids. I call them the Harry Kids. Uh, they all play together. So, you know, it, that's a little hard for some people to believe, actually. But you would be surprised at the people that have experienced that same thing. That, 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 have, that have had more experiences with them coexisting. So, I mean, what, well, you, the reason why I asked you about the Native Americans is because people have said that the Native Americans have kind of coexisted with Dogman and Bigfoot, and they just look at them as like the like a, another form of human. That they 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 totally accept them in their they're, they're not. You know, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, there again, not all Native Americans believe that. But there are some, yes, that talk about them, you know, in that way. Uh, there are Cherokee stories. One I like is Chukalu, and that's T-U-T-S-U-L-K-A-L-U. And that is uh, the story. Uh, it means the slant-eyed giant, I think. And um, that's a good story for people to... Uh, to you know research and read and it's basically about one uh becoming uh the partner of a uh young Cherokee girl so you know if, if you look at stories and myths that we have and have had um there's truth in all of them now, I'm not saying that all myths are all truth, but I'm saying there's going to be some truth there. And for indigenous people around the world, so many things have been hidden uh, because they couldn't trust whomever that it was that came to be in power at the time. For here, it was the Europeans who came and told uh, the Native Americans, that they couldn't believe what they believed. What they believed was of Satan. And, you know, so so many of the stories that they held, they changed. So that parts of them were kept. Yeah, I was going to say, um, did you ever hear any stories about the Skinwalker? Do you think we can verify them too? Do you do you do you, do you follow that lore at all? Um, actually, I'm friends with some people who have been there many times. And uh, do you know the name J.C. Johnson? It sounds familiar. And Robert Kreider and some of them, they're in, investigators and researchers um, into that. Uh, and, and yes, I've, I've talked with uh, Navajo people, people who have dealt with this. Um, so, yes, again, do I fear them? No. Because I don't have a reason to fear them. I don't have a reason to fear anything. Um, I may not understand it, but because I don't understand it, I don't immediately say that, you know, this is a bad thing. Uh, the nature of so many things, 
is so different. Even the nature of humans is so different that, you know, we get into a position to where if someone's not like us, well, then we don't want to have anything to do with them. And humans are very good at doing that. And then when you talk about something like what people have labeled cryptids, you know, you're really getting into territory to where this has to be evil, this has to be a demon, you know, it has to be. Even though I don't understand it, that's what it is. And I was yeah. just never taught to be that way. I like that. And because and, I think we have to be open minded about it. And one, one thing I wanted to ask you was growing up or now, like since you've had these Bigfoot and Dogman encounters, have you ever had any other kind of paranormal encounter? Like have you ever saw a ghost or are you highly psychic or like is, is well, any of that ever followed you? Yeah, I am a medium, but I don't use my uh, medium abilities uh, with or in reference to the Bigfoot or the Dogman or any of the others. I just use who Arla is as, uh, as a human who's had experience with them. Um, I've done a lot of uh, land assessment in my life where I'd be called to come out and see what was going on uh, in an area. Uh, so, Yes, I, you know, from the time I was a little girl, you know, I've done things, but that really uh, doesn't have really anything to do with my understanding of uh, my relationship with the Bigfoot or the Dogmen or uh, little people or fairies or Star Nation people or anybody. Um I deal with that uh, as me, a human who's here. So wait, you've had interactions with fairies too, you feel like? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I certainly have. Um, it And, you know, the little people. I've got stories. Um, in my book, I talk, uh, give a couple of stories of uh, the little people. But we were taught that uh, those things existed from a very early age. I mean, if you look into uh, indigenous stories, you're going to see a lot of what people call uh, cryptids. Uh, cryptids is a funny word to me, and so is paranormal. Um, my life was normal for me. Would it have been normal for somebody else? I, I don't know. I can't, I can't say. But it, it's not the outside of normal for me. My so life. You're saying the paranormal is normal to you. Like, uh, whereas, uh, but, <laughs> I but, guess but that's, see, yeah, I guess that's how you would, you know. You but see, like, that. it's crazy because, like, the, in, in regular society, like, even, like, me doing this show, like, I, it's hard for me just to go get a regular job because like if people ask me what I do and they say I do this show, <laughs> it gets highly ridiculed, you know, still to this day, it's like highly taboo, you know, like it's like, um, yeah. you know, may, maybe not as much as before, but it's like, um, yeah. it's definitely, you know, people like kind of look at you a little bit differently, you know, which I don't understand because it's funny because I, I see people pick and choose 
what they want to believe in, in yes. these phenomena. Like there'll be someone who believes in simulation theory, but then they put down cryptids or there'll be someone yeah. who believes in cryptids, but they put down simulation theory, or there'll be someone who believes in ghosts, but they don't believe in UFOs. It's like, why doesn't everybody just believe in everything? Because it's all real. And to, you know, <laughs> let's, let, and yeah. let's get together and try to prove it the best we can. Let's all be open-minded and and see where that takes us right that's what i that's yeah. all i'm trying to say i mean yeah. I, I don't know does that make any sense or well if we would just be respectful you know every conference i've ever spoke at i always start out with i am not here to prove anything i am going to share my experiences you don't have to believe anything i say the only thing I ask is that you file it away somewhere. Then if someone that you know and trust has an experience or maybe you have an experience, then you've got something to go back and compare it to. But, you know, science doesn't just look at something and throw it out. It has order for how it's used. Now, the people using science sometimes um, have a little problem there, but it, if we were just respectful to each other, we don't have to believe what each other says, but at least be respectful and not immediately go after them and call them all kinds of things. And, um, you know, this world is so much better now than it was when I first uh, came public in sharing uh, what I had, the experiences I'd had in my lifetime. It's gotten so much better, but it's still not where it needs to be. And the problems that I see with those who are keeping it from being what it needs to be is the being disrespectful to someone else because they're bringing something that you don't believe. But also, one of the things that really bothers people and one of the reasons they hold to this, well, I'm right and you're wrong, is because they have held on to what they believe is right. And if they are proven that they were wrong, then they begin to question, what else in my life is wrong that I believe? And that's a scary place to be. So if we just leave that alone and be respectful, and talk to each other and not at each other, then we're going to get a lot farther in this understanding than we will any other way, even in disclosure or whatever. Just like he said earlier, you know, how much disclosure and are people even going to believe the disclosure? So just being respectful is going to help a whole lot. 
Yeah, and again, for people just joining in, this has been a two-guest show. I had Tim, Tim on earlier with his UFO evidence, and now Arla's talking about her big split experiences. So I encourage everybody, if you're just tuning in now, to go back and watch the whole show from the beginning. Share it with your friends. Like it. Everything like that, and uh, and 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 I want to thank you all for being here tonight. We're not done yet, um, and I want to wish everybody a happy Memorial Day to everybody who had relatives serve in the military. I said this at the beginning of the stream. I know a lot of us are conspiracy theorists, and we believe that wars were false flags and stuff like that, and they very might have well been. But you have to recognize the people who laid their life down for what we call we might have freedom. You know what I mean? And I think that's a big thing because people died for us to be here, you know, um, whether we believe that the wars were whatever, whatever. And that's going on a tangent. But um, sorry, Arlo, I just wanted to thank everybody for being here tonight and stuff. And and, um, and what, where was I going? Oh, I wanted to tell you this. Like, yeah, I mean, the people don't like don't like being wrong because we think about it. Everything we've been taught is almost wrong. Like are we, we're finding out that our history was wrong. And then there's there's historians that want to cling on to the whole history, like old Egyptologists who want to believe that, you know, the pyramids were built by Khufu and stuff like that. And like the, the, just people who are clinging on the old beliefs who don't want to accept new knowledge and that might be right. Do you, do you kind of agree with that or what do you think? Oh yeah. It, you know, an open mind gives you a chance to learn something. If you close your mind, you're not ever going to learn anything other than what you know. And that puts you inside a box. And when you're inside a box, you can't see anything. And, I, you know, if you open your mind and open your heart, then you're going to see things that are unbelievable and then you go whoa wait a minute that's really believable you know so we are there you know we are right at the door there with so many positive things happening in our world and you know i know this is a hard time for so many people but people have been saying that forever, that we've been in a hard times. I mean, how many recessions have we been through? Many. And, you know, we'll probably go through more. So the thing is, is to be respectful. Being respectful uh, of yourself is very important. And when you're respectful, you begin to think about other people. Uh, if someone needs help, you can help them. You know, I was brought up that way, that my grandmothers, both, they kept clothes and they canned and they put food away. And it wasn't because they thought there was going to be Armageddon or anything else. They did it so that if someone needed help, they had the things that they could help them with. Or if you had a crop failure and you needed to feed your family, you always put up more. It wasn't about, oh my gosh, there's going to be this huge chaos that happens and we got to have food for ourselves. If I had food and someone came to me and 
food and I did not give it to them. Both my grandmothers would come back and have my hide because that was just something, you know, we were, we were taught to do is to take care of each other. Oh yeah. Remember, remember during the beginning of the pandemic, I, I, I've never, I want to forget the pandemic. Trust me. I want to get it out of my mind, but I'll never forget. I was at a Rite Aid and I saw some guy and he had in his cart, he had like 10 things of uh, toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at him. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I was like, I, you know, it's like, do you really need that much toilet paper? Like, you're really thinking the news, like you're really believing the media that much. Yeah. That, like, you think that you're not going to be able to wipe your butt? Like, I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Like, I just said to him, I was like, what are you doing right now? You're buying 10 things of toilet paper, not letting anybody else get any. I mean, that was crazy the way people were acting. Like, but people, humans do that because fear is a big thing. Yes, know? and I think is. the media knows that. The media knows yeah. they can put fear into us and they, you know, they play off that. They play off yeah. our fears and our emotions. Oh, they do. And that's what that's about. Fear of not having what you think you should have. And it fear actually hurts your physical body. It doesn't just it it almost eats your emotional self and it harms your physical body. I've been reading and looking at some things that talk about what does fear actually do to your body? What do these feelings that we have do? What does hate do to you? If you hate, uh, it hurts you much more than the person that you're hating. And so yeah. those are things that, you know, we need to understand that um, we we just have to get past those things. You know what? I, 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 I'll, I'll admit I was a little bit guilty of it because I was like, I said this the other day in one of my podcasts, I was so angry lately and I was bitter and I would get triggered by this and that. And I was like, wait a minute, I had to examine it. And I was like, what am I getting angry about? Okay, maybe I'm angry because... I don't feel like my life's in the exact position I want it to be. Well, then I need to make, I need to take the steps to get myself to where I want to be because I can't blame other people and be angry at other people for my the decisions that I made in my life. Or if something didn't work out for me, that's life sometimes. Like, you know, things like that happen, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. But I think I, I'm learning to work through it. And that's an important thing because if we learn, do we learn? how to work through these things. That's an evolution of consciousness. And that's you. Oh, yes, it is. It, it, it is that manifesting our own life. And, you know, what, what we dwell on becomes what we are. And for me, like with the conspiracy theories, you know, it, if those things are happening, there's not a thing you can do about it. And if you let it get to you and create disease, disease in yourself, you know, you can create disease in your body. And so we are the co-creators in our life, I do believe. And I believe that we have the ability to manifest our lives and I see that happen every day, both ways, manifesting something that 
is not for your higher power and good to manifesting something that um, creates this life and, and this love. You love life when things like that work. And so I, that, I that's where that's where we're at. When you can stand in the middle of chaos and be peace, then you understand. Yeah. Um, before we finish up, is there anything else you wanted to share about the Bigfoot or Dogman that we might have not covered that I might have forgot about? Well, <laughs> we we did a good job in a short time. Um, they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. Um, they've always been there. So if you're concerned about going to the woods, uh, I can guarantee you when you've been in the woods, you, they've been there. You may not have seen them, but they were surely there. Uh, if they had wanted to hurt you, they could, but they don't. I, I believe with every fiber of my being that they don't. Yeah. They, and then they want to, do they, do you think they want to show themselves to people who are ready? Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's, that's proven to me every day um, with people that, you know, come to me and, you know, how, how do I have an encounter, you know? And so we work through that. I can't guarantee you that you'll have anything that will happen. But if you go into nature and spend some just good quality time having fun and nothing happens, then you had a really good time and fed your soul while you were out there. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. Well, th this has been fascinating. Um, we didn't go like a full two hours today, guys, but I've been streaming for about an hour and 40 minutes. So like I said, go back and watch the whole thing. There was two guests tonight. If you missed the first guest, go back and watch it. And uh, thank you, Arla, so much for, for being here. Um, can you tell everybody where they can get your the name of your book and where to get your book? And, and if you want to be found, where they can find you? Well, I'm on Facebook. You can find me there. Um, my books are My Life with the Hairy People, and it chronicles um, a big part of my life uh, with them and my interactions with them. Uh, I have a children's book, Respecting the Water, and it is a book about respect, and it uh, features a grandmother and her little granddaughter and a Bigfoot gr uh, grandfather and Indigo and Blue, two boys, two Bigfoot boys. Um, and it, it teaches about how we can respect the water. Uh, you can get them from me on Facebook or you can get them on Amazon as well. That's awesome. And um, I'm, uh, I'm oh, also on a podcast. Um it's called Pork and Beans, and uh, we have a group on Facebook, Pork and Beans, and it's it's about a little bit of everything, but it's definitely about uh, the Sasquatch people and learning about them. And but we have all kinds of uh, interesting guests and things on there. Also, uh, a flash of beauty. 
I think you had Brett Eichenberger and Tobe on the show. They are friends of mine. Yeah, I've had them. They're great people. Yeah, I yeah, like them. They are. Um, a Flash of Beauty, uh, Bigfoot Revealed. They have a new one coming out. Uh, it's the paranormal version of A Flash of Beauty. Um, also, uh, Bilco Productions. Uh, Bill and Amy Lancaster have uh, three uh, documentary DVDs out. Uh, they have Cultural Bigfoot, Paranormal, and Native Bigfoot. Uh, those are all really good, good things to uh, go and watch. Lots of information on them. Um, but Flash of Beauty is uh, is new. And, oh, I and I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean. I, I, I'm sorry. I got excited. I wanted to ask you something real quick before we finish. <laughs> go ahead. Go did ahead. you ever see? Uh, you've had these be uh, Bigfoot and dog managers. Have you ever saw a UFO? I forgot to ask you that. Have oh you yes. ever had a UFO? Oh yeah, they've been a part of my life forever. I've been on a ship or two, so <laughs> yes. I, I know, but I was always taught the Star Nation people, uh, they're our family, they're our relatives, and that they're here to assist us as well as uh, the Sasquatch and the Dogmen and the others who can help us uh, work through a lot of things. If you look at all these cryptids and uh, what they're about, there's a... A message in there about what we can look at within ourselves. Yeah, that, that's it. So, um, have you had the encounter since you were a young girl, or or like yes. was it just kind of like throughout time? The dog men, no, I didn't have anything with them growing up. I was an adult when I started um, having encounters with them. And, uh, but the others, yes, uh, it's, it's been all my life. Wow. That's fascinating. That really is. I, I'm so glad I got to talk to you and I'd love to um, have you on, you know, the show again. And if you ever want me to come on your podcast, I will, you know, like right. that, that, that would be, uh, that'd be fun. And, and, uh, thank you so much. And I, and I just want to say, guys, if you want to support the podcast links are in the description, you can donate to my PayPal you can use the affiliates, the new affiliates, Happy Hippo Kratom. I reached out to them because do the research on Kratom. Some people like it. Some people don't. But one thing is it says it helps people like that are having problems with substances, um, alcohol. Um, so I reached out to Happy Hippo because I get a lot of messages from people and they wanted to become an affiliate. And if you use the code skeptic, you get 15% off. I like the extracts. I like the gummies and the... Um, the, the extract that, that I don't like mixing that powder and stuff, but I mean, so yeah, that's all in there. Use the happy hippo. They're an affiliate and yeah, just uh, thank you, Arla. Um, uh, thank you for coming on. And, and it was very nice meeting you. Well, it's nice to meet you too. All right. Well, uh, have a good night, everybody. And everybody have an enjoy the rest of your Memorial day and, uh, and take care and uh, God bless everyone. Have a good night. <laughs> I, that was great. That, that went really well.